0: 90 for Chill, the podcast, is happy to bring to you a five-star offering from The Poetic Critic, all one word, on Letterboxd.com. in the, the world. We've come to ask for shelter. We've lost our way. What is it? What do they want? They want to know if they can stay here for the night. My sister Rachel had this room once. She died when she was 21. Bless no lord, this is the husband. They will the whole of mankind. Amen. Those lights. I suppose it's a storm. Here we are, six people sitting around. What do we know about each other? Not a thing. I've got a funny feeling something dreadful might happen to us. You don't seem to understand. We may be cut off. Shut up in this house. There's a madman upstairs. You don't believe in God and yet you're afraid to die. And I've just finished watching the Dark Old House from 1932. Boris Karloff monster feature, I guess, is uh, something that many would consider it about two separate groups of people a threesome and a twosome husband wife and their friend and sugar baby and her sugar daddy in wales stuck on the road after a flood and landslide ending up in the dark old house to that is operated by the fem family who happens to be hiding something that, you know, you better get, your G- get right with Jesus to survive. Now, honestly, it doesn't really play too much like a horror movie. I mean, you know something ominous is coming at all times, but the polite chatter amongst the characters kind of just comes off as Agatha Christie without really all the twists and turns or surprises. It's well acted, it's charming 30s dialogue, surprising enough twists at the end. Maybe it underutilized Karloff, I mean, especially since, you know, all the modern stuff's gonna put him in the poster art. At one hour, 12 minutes, it's not gonna hurt you to give it a watch. Just gotta be patient with it and you'll get to the surprise struggles. And in the meantime, appreciate the Miss unsin and just that classic 30s charm. Little hand says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. And welcome back to Ninety for Chill the podcast. This is your host. The handle is Cool Movies Darth. That's CM Darth for short. You can find me on Letterboxd at that username. But it's probably just easier to call me Russ Stevens, despite of recently have had some delusions of grandeur, of going back to Scoop's Daily or Shooter's Daily. Oh, what happens when your original vacation plans to go to Wizard World give you a free week in August that you gotta fill somehow. Let's just get to the show. Uh, this week, I don't have a guest lined up, so we're going for the brief and for YouTube, I suppose, with this format. And I've been asking, I've been trying to get people on it, but so far, haven't gotten anybody to converse with me about vampire movies, but I've done a lot of research, I've recorded a bunch of stuff for that, you know, for the next 10 minutes by this point, let's just go and give you an insight into the world of Bloodsuckers, per the vision of one Russ Stevens. I do have a guest lined up at this time for next week's episode, and I think it's going to be the episode that the space opera should have been. Not an insult to the poetic critic, we just forgot a major space opera. Probably the most important space opera of the 1980s that fits the parameters of 90 for chill. Otherwise, working on another guest on top of that. So we're still, we're going to get there. We're going to have a good amount of shows coming up. Thanks for sticking with me. And if you want to help out with the podcast, send me an email, suggest a movie film theme or director or actor. And I'd love to talk to you about them. Provided we focus on their 90 minute works. They're about, you know, 74 to 99 minutes is the parameters of this podcast. With that said, the email address is rustthebus07 at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. Currently, at catbusruss is where I'm doing most of my communicating. But if you want to follow up my writings, main event of the is where to do that. And you could also use that same email address, rustthebus07 at gmail.com, to offer me suggestions on how to get my. Pro Wrestling Zomcom Z Movie out of Developmental Purgatory. I'll be happy to mail you a treatment if you're interested. So thanks for coming back, and I hope you enjoy. And I just thought about it in case I didn't sell you well enough on the next week's episode. Let's just say we got Rick Moranis, we got John Candy, we got balls. I think that'll be enough for this intelligent film fan to figure out. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't mind help with uh, trying to come up with some intro music, maybe some outro music. If you got any su- suggestions or you got some tunes you want to try, send me an email, rustthebus07 at gmail.com. And thanks again. They revealed themselves to us last year voluntarily. They're a different kind of breed of humanity. We're capable of blending in just like an ordinary human. Who's involved in this? Don't believe what you see. He's been here recently. How do you know? I can smell him. Believe what you don't see. From Columbia Trust, our home entertainment. Adrian Paul, Bokeem Woodbine, Baila Lane. The breed. The night has a breed of its own. So, I just concluded watching The Breed. Uh, Adrian Paul is our headlining star, despite I think it uh, really is carried by performances by uh, Bokeem Woodbine and uh, Biling. Biling from The Crow. Bokeem, he's pretty much gotten all of the uh, tough supporting black characters, I'd say, of the 90s. I'm sorry, of the 2000s. Uh, he's shocker number two in Spider Man. Homecoming. Scamble, get away from the keyboard. This film was released in uh, 2001 about vampires trying to integrate themselves into uh, human society, just like True Blood. Now, these bu- this this movie came out the same year as the first Sookie Stackhouse novel, so I think they were just trying to beat uh, HBO to the punch on this. And it uh, misses in so many ways. Tries to incorporate Wirefoo, which is laughable. It's, finds the direction of Russell McCulley outside of Highlander, the original, to be valid. The guy can't capture any action. He just sets it up in a frame. It's like, I mean, Kevin Smith knew, knows his restrictions at least. Plot is, uh, well, I summed it up pretty fast. a lot of espionage between both sides trying to outdo finish the other before they can finish them type stuff a lot more fun with werewolves again 2001 with underworld but this this is just like i have seen a lot of i don't know i'm in a tough spot right now is it better to have a movie that's fun funny or a movie that's uh competently directed it just doesn't have the story or just doesn't have the performances to make it worth anyone's time So this could be great for how did this get made. Uh, This is, and as I say, there's some good performances um, by our primary leads, not Adrian Paul, which makes me think Highlander pretty much allowed him to push Gary Daniels away from the American scene, at least when it comes to made-for-video cinema. So it could be fun at times. CG is awful in it. They should never even attempt it. If you thought Blade was laughable this tops that a hundred times. So it's a view. it, it it's really, if you want good background noise, the breed might just work for you. And I see that I'm already at the 11 minute mark. So I think it's just best that I spoil you with a film that doesn't quite, uh, fit the parameters. I, I mean, a review for a film that doesn't quite fit the parameters. And we'll see you next week for our tentatively don't want to deal in absolutes Spaceballs episode. Thanks again. Have you ever seen a vampire? They're not romantic. Forget whatever you've seen in the movies. They don't turn into bats. Crosses don't work you want to kill one, you drive a wooden stake right through his cart. We think we got a nest inside this place. Let's get to work. Figure out at least six goons, maybe more. Chances are we'll find a master in here somewhere. Up. He knew my name. It's time to kill some vampires. you 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 can't kill me. Let me just ask you one thing. After 600 years, how's that dick working? Pretty good? So I just completed John Carpenter's Vampires. You know, it's a fun flick. Uh, I think it does run a little long. I don't think Carpenter's really cut out for a sprawling landscape to his stories. I think he's best in a confined area, you know, Chinatown. No real in-between travel and stuff, trying to fill in where it is. So it runs a little long. I think the problem uh, I had is that it doesn't really feel like John Carpenter because James Woods, who is great in the film, screws politics. He's just good Uh, and this is before he went all republican and you know i could say well i had the same kind of thoughts in 1999 i digress it's really i'd rather he have like a cast of people who screamed carpenter and he just doesn't have that and he gives you great cameos by people like oh damn it um carrie horiuki i'm sorry if i've missed one of the last names on that played Shang Tsung, you know, your best Japanese-American actor out there, in my opinion. Soundtrack's great, like Carpenter. It's just really like, look, would have been better if you just left it with uh, Roddy Piper and Keith David. Kurt Russell, where was he? It could have been a lot more fun. Maximilian Schell as a villain works out great. Sorry if I spoiled that twist. If you like John Carpenter, this is going to be your most mainstream project of his. It's a good two hours to take. Can I hear a Wahoo. This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. (laughs) Boy!